Welcome back to the Metal and C2C podcast. Welcome to episode nine, and it is week seven of the 2022 CFB season, and we are rolling right along. Of course, I have a co-host with me. It is Ethan Sowers at Ethan Sowers. How are you doing tonight, buddy? Doing good. We, uh, we've gotten through six weeks. We've got this week, and then we got six more on the, the tail end of the season. So we're midpoint of the season here, so I'm, I'm super pumped for it. And it's going by way too fast. And the next thing you know, I'm going to have to just be, uh, you know, relying on CFL in the summer times to get me through with, with no football. Uh, but if we have our guest as well, and of course he is a CFL analysis and also a co-host on his own podcast for Fantasy Points. You see the hat if you're watching on YouTube. If not, if you're listening in, he's rocking a very sweet black hat that has the Fantasy Points. Mr. Josh Chevalier at CFF Guys. How are we doing tonight, buddy? Doing well, man. Just excited to be on with you guys and, uh, man, talk some prize picks and DFS, man. Yeah, man. That's what we're all about. Well, we're lost Chris K for the week. He is not feeling well. He should be back next week. Um, you know, we're just still some speculation. Maybe there might have been a few losses by maybe a couple of us and maybe <laughs> a certain somebody as a guest down below. We're not sure yet, but we'll let him listen to this and uh, he can give his two cents. I'm sure him and Josh will have a nice conversation in Twitter DMs. So, you know, it is what <laughs> it is. I think this week Chris K has chosen love and not violence. So that is also great as well. But he was also nice enough to give us his pick, so he did contribute. But we hope that Chris gets better soon. We should see him next week. Uh, so we'll, we'll, we'll be glad to have Mr. K back soon as well. But let's get started. Of course, we got a little a bit of housekeeping to do real quick. Of course, you can visit all of our stuff over at kpistakin.com. We have articles, tools. Speaking of uh, tools, we have a new one for our NIL guys that we're previewing. It's something that's just coming down the pipe real quick that uh, Jarek and a couple of guys that are doing the development has done. So if you're an NIM member already, you already get uh, you know, a little sniff at that. But it'll be coming out pretty soon, so keep it locked on there as well. Of course, the year one, uh, zero, as far as the, the freshmen that are coming on, that's also being tracked as well. So that's something that Austin and Jarek is also doing in the NIL check. So I'd definitely say if you're not, you know, get a membership just so you can hop in the NIL with us. Uh, come talk to us, hang out, you know, just have a friendly conversations and, and be our friends that's all we ask for you to do as well so everything and anything over at campusacan.com of course we have the in season edge which is for our in season only at 29.99 all the gaming content that you ever need so as far as prize picks uh the stuff that we don't have on the pod here the stuff that's in the chat personally whether it's uh you know chris moxley or alfred or those guys are picking those for you as well uh, of course you get everything as far as in the private discourse first so when the lines are coming out for, for the picks of the week Got Moxley and Alfred and those guys already on there Sunday afternoon while everyone's watching NFL like myself. They're already digging into the lines and seeing what can be bet on and what's not on there as well. Everything from the scholarship level. And, of course, you get the first look. Like we talked about, there's new tools and projects that are getting dropped. But you guys are seeing it first. So you'll be able to see that all throughout the season. Of course, you can always go back to scholarship or pick the NIA if you want to after the season ends. That way you can get stuff like the future freshman podcast you know we have that in the off season you get first look to you know things like we're talking about and things like that and just keep the conversation going as we're building for those that are in debbie or those that are in the year-long dynasties that like we are in as well so definitely go check that out of course we have the uh the prize picks we have the matching deposit up to 100 dollars if you use the promo code c2c that also gives you a discount on the in-season edge that also gives you uh, a spot there as well. So go check that out. Of course, we did the prize, you know, the prize picks picks here. And of course, Josh is here to help you guys out in a few of his picks as well. So definitely go check that out if you can as well. And we're going to do our campus picks. But first, I want to send it over back to Josh. Josh, tell us about Fantasy Points, what you do there, uh, the podcast, which I'm a fan of. Just tell the 
tell people what you got going on and what you do on like a weekly basis here during the season in CFF. Yeah, so I do all of our CFF kind of weekly content. So I do a waiver wire article, rankings. Um, and then I do some DFS stuff as well, mainly cash-centric. So cash single-entry lineups, both for Friday slates and then also the Saturday main slate. Um, and then we do Discord, you know, kind of like everybody does. And, um, and then I do a weekend tailgate live stream that's all DFS main slate stuff with Wes Huber. And if you don't know Wes, that dude is just brilliant. Um, And so I just sit there and listen to Wes talk and then uh, try not to look too dumb. So, uh, (laughs) and I don't know if I achieved that, but man, that dude looks like a genius next to me for sure. So we have fun though, man. And it's a really good time um, over there. So yeah, appreciate you. Appreciate you having me on here. Absolutely, man. Definitely go check out the podcast. I know that one's there. I know we have the tailgate here at Campus of Kent, so I have to go and rewatch the episodes. But from what I see, you're not looking dumb, man. You're looking pretty smart, I must say. <laughs> I appreciate you guys, that. You guys have hit on a few lines and stuff like that as well, so we'll talk about that in the episode as far as, like, games you like this week and something that you would probably want to, you know, throw a bet on or something like that. We can do that as well. But we're going to add and start with the Campus Picks. And, of course, that is presented by the Prize Picks. Even though Kay wasn't here, he was able to – Give us, you know, his two takes there. And, of course, we'll just use Josh and Ethan. That's kind of the soundboard and their thoughts and stuff like that. So I'll go ahead and start. And, of course, we have Josh and Ethan's on the next one. I had to face some music. I was on the uh, I was on the Anchor Bottoms podcast with my friends Farnsworth there and, and Owens, and they brought to my attention that Mitchell Tinsley is not doing very well. And then, and this hurts my heart, but it probably hurts Ethan even more being the Penn State fan that he is. However, he's always said – that Mitchell Tinsley might not be the true wide receiver one. It might depend on the week, and he's been very adamant about that. I was the guy that, you know, pounded on the board that Mitchell Tinsley would be wide receiver one. He was my guy, the guy that I picked on there as well. Not doing so hot recently. He takes on Michigan. That's a tough matchup. Uh, Still pulling for Penn State because I still think the talent's there, especially with Nick Singleton on the rise, Kachon Allen. Uh, I just think they're starting to push it together. They've had a bye week, whereas Michigan actually had to play last week, even though it wasn't a very big opponent. They still had to play. So fresh legs, fresh mindset for Penn, for Penn State. So I like that narrative as well. Uh, Kay's not on, so he can't defend his Michigan Wolverines in this time or web. But I'm thinking that Mitchell Tinsley has a tough matchup against the Michigan defense. I am going less for 12.0 on the fantasy points. And going back to the drawing board, Mr. Don Kincaid, who helped me out in some fantasy lineups last week as well in some DFS. Um, I'm going 9.5 because he's only he's never gone under that, but only once this entire season. So he's been well over 12 fantasy points. So that is my more and less. Uh, gentlemen, if you you know want to chime in, I know Ethan, you might have something to say about Mitchell, but Josh, if you have something about either or, feel free to chime in. What do you think? Yeah, I think uh, I'm taking the under just about everything with that Penn State Michigan game. I think it's going to be pretty ugly. Um, I I mean, 12 points isn't much for Tinsley. Right. I mean, I know, I know I've, I've pounded the table for Parker Washington, but I feel like this is a game where Tinsley is actually better, um, better adjusted and better suited for uh, production. So, I mean, if I would have had the option of Tinsley or Washington with this line, you know, I, I probably would take Tinsley, Tinsley as the best chance to hit it. Mm-hmm. Um, but, I mean, Michigan's really done a great job of defending big plays uh, in the passing game. Um, did did a little dive uh, this weekend and saw uh, they have given up t- only 12 uh, pass plays over 20 yards this year. And so 
Uh, it definitely seems like if Penn State's going to be moving the ball, it's going to be you know dink and dunk, and it's going to have to be Sean Clifford getting in rhythm. That dude is unlike any quarterback I've ever seen in where if he's in rhythm, awesome. Like two-minute drills, the dude can he can he can drive 90 yards in two minutes. I'm no doubt about that. You give him 15 minutes and his full use of the playbook and huddle and the world, and the dude just melts down. So, you know, I think that it's possible that uh, that Tinsley could hit it, but I, I'm with you on there. I think the less is the smart play. And uh, Kincaid is, you know, with uh, with Keithy out, he's he's the guy there. So I, I love that play. Yeah, I think Kincaid's pretty well. Up. Josh, what do you think about the two options, man? Yeah, man, I'll defer to Ethan with anything on Penn State. So I won't touch that too much. And it's just, to me, it's unpredictable. I mean, part of with Michigan, too, it's just like, you know, they've played their competition just other than Maryland. Like nobody can really, really hang with them offensively. So it's just unpredictable, in my my opinion, of what they'll do. But Kincaid, yeah, for sure, more. I mean, that dude, like, like Ethan said, like since Keithy went out, man, that guy's been unbelievable. So um, I love that. Absolutely. A nine and a half for sure. I like it. All right. So K went with Quinn Ewers over the 245.5 passing yards. They play in, I believe that's Iowa State that they're taking on, if I want to say. And then Chris Rodriguez, uh, he also had more for 88.5 against Mississippi State. Definitely comfortable with the Chris Rodriguez one. Uh, Ewers, what's your guys' thoughts? Is he. You know, depend. You know, is he still matchup proof, or is he one of those guys to where, like, you think Iowa State is it the Iowa State of old that can hold people down for a certain amount of yards? Do you still think he could pass on him? What's your thoughts on Quinn Ewers? Because I think Chris Rodriguez is a no-brainer, unless you guys think otherwise. Yeah, I mean, the Ewers line is it seems pretty like it's a pretty good number, the twenty-two forty-five and a half there. I think uh, from what I saw, you know, Iowa State still putting up pretty good raw numbers against the pass they've they're averaging 179.4 yards through the air um granted i'm not sure what their non-conference schedule looked like outside of that i didn't pay much attention to them uh before conference play kicked in so they could they could be the benefit beneficiaries of some good uh, matchups there um but i mean if Ewers is who we believe he is, he right. shouldn't have an issue with this. So I'm I'm on board with that. I get where where Kay's coming from there. Um, Chris Rodriguez, uh, since he's been active and back in in the lineup, I mean he's he's crushed. Um, he he does it all. They do a great job of getting him the ball any way they can. So even if they do fall behind uh, to the Bulldogs, I think he's going to get some work through the passing game too. Um, so I would have personally went with the fantasy score if, if that were me looking at Chris Rodriguez, uh, but 88 and a half, it's a good day, not a great day for Chris. So I get it. Josh, what do you think about Quinn this year? I haven't got a chance to really pick your brain about him. Yeah, man. I love Quinn. I mean, I think he's awesome. Obviously, you know, you saw what he did against Bama in the short time he was in there. And then you saw what he did against OU this last weekend. I mean, this kid. And I think, like, Sark is on his game with his play calling. Even, like, I went to the West Virginia game a couple weeks ago and Card was the quarterback. But, man, like, the what stood out in that game is the play calling is just incredible coming from Sark right now. So I, I really like this Iowa State secondary. I think they're really good. 
but I just think Quinn's going to be able to pass for 245 yards. I mean, he's one of my favorite plays. We'll talk about it later, but on DFS this week at 5.7 K. Um, so I certainly think he can hit um, over 245. Um, I think that's a really good pick. Chris Rodriguez. I'm with Ethan. If this was points and we'll talk about this in a minute, cause I think it was one of the ones I picked, but if it was points, I'd be all over, but 88 and a half is like tough because you know, a Shane last week, uh, or, you know, two weeks ago had like 119 yards against them. And then, um, last week, um, Raheem Sanders rocket, he had 86. Um, he only had 86 rushing yards. I mean, I obviously had more than that total, right? So if it was a total yards, I'd be all about it. But 88 seems like right at that number that, I mean, that feels like a good number that prize picks put up this week. So I can definitely see him doing it, but I could also see him going under because, Rocket's no joke, man. I mean, that dude is a good runner. And if they held him to 86 yards, you know, and they're similar backs, in my opinion, as far as the ability to break tackles and and stuff like that. Um, So I don't know. I mean, I think that's a little bit more risky, in my opinion. I'll take points, but we'll talk about that here in a minute. (laughs) I had to uh, go and fact check myself on that that Iowa State uh, schedule out of conference. They had Iowa and uh, pre-hype Adrian Martinez. So they're um, definitely the benefactor of some uh, some poor passing games. So I like that Ewers number even more now after seeing that. Uh, me and Ethan like to call these ones that are too close on price picks great value ones, like the Walmart one where, it's, you know, it's not quite Walmart the pricing. brand. Yeah, Walmart pricing where it's like uh, you're just probably better off just moving along. Uh, but yeah. it seems like Kay has a lot of faith in Rodriguez, and you guys did too. We'll move to the next slide here. Of course, this is Ethan, that one. We have a Riley Leonard spotting twice. I'll let both of you guys talk on Leonard. Of course, they're going against my boys and their shoddy defense that I vented on <laughs> on the Ankle Biters podcast. You're going to listen about a full-minute rant about how I wish we could you know, tackle anyone and everyone and wrap someone up. But anyway, go check that out if you want to. Uh, but it looks like we'll start with Josh here. You have Chris Rodriguez at the 14.5 fantasy points. What about the fantasy points? And I think Ethan explained a little bit more what was your process picking fantasy points over a certain prop like passing or rushing. Yeah. So, I mean, if you go to Chris Rodriguez total yards over the last two weeks when he's been in, I mean, it's 119 and a half and then 22 and a half touches. And essentially uh, I think two catches per game, you have to four catches in one game essentially. Um, And, you know, Mississippi state's defense has given up 23.7 points per game to opposing running backs. And that's the way they're going to win, especially with Will Levis, is he even playing? Do we know? Is he like yeah. definitely out or? I don't know. Ethan. I know he's first one. Some I saw. I don't know. They keep it. Yeah, I mean, at best he's like hobbled, and <laughs> I mean, I think this is a Chris Chris Rodriguez game. I think fourteen and a half is way too low. I mean, because one hundred nineteen yards. Like, say he gets that right. If he does that, he's probably gotten twenty twenty five uh, receiving yards, and then which means he got the catches too. So, I mean, I think. I think he's going to get there, if not eclipse it, at, at 14 and a half. And, uh, and, and from what I hear, Dan Key's banged up. I think uh, Barry and Brown's probably the only one healthy. So even if Livis can go, he's only got like half. But I think uh, but Robinson's still okay for the most part, even though he might be a little nicked up. So seems like uh, it's imperative that Chris Rodriguez kind of carries this load, at least this week against Mississippi State. Um, yeah. Let's go with uh, Riley Leonard since you both have him. We'll start with Josh and we'll go to Ethan. Is it is it the defensive matchup or are you just really like it? Because uh, Leonard has put up some good numbers. Duke's actually playing fairly well, especially on offensive defense. They're not too bad either. So 
Um, I think it's, you know, this is a rivalry. This is the one I've been circling for a little while. Uh, had to go through Miami. Uh, apologies there, Mr. Chevalier, but it's just one of those yeah. things to where, uh, you know, my boy Drake May is doing things, and I'm like, actually really looking forward to the Leonard versus May, uh, uh, you know, showdown. This is going to probably be a shootout because there's not much defense to be had in the ACC. So is it, uh, what, what's your thoughts on Leonard this year? Yeah, it's a little bit of both. I mean, he's a guy that I liked coming into the year. I mean, he's got um, – well, I would say going into the year, he had, like, sneaky rushing ability uh, in the sense of, like, man, he had, a, you know, a few games of 30-plus yards last year, so he showed some. But then this year, he's put up a couple 60-yard games, I think, and a couple touchdowns in those games. And so he has both of those things. But – and so some of it's Riley, right? And I think he's had four of six games. He's had 22-plus fantasy points. But it's also the matchup where it's like, well, let's just say this. If you allow uh, Tyler Van Dyke to throw for almost 500 yards on you, like I'm just going to pick against you. And <laughs> I think that's probably a good strategy. Um, so that's I'll true. let Ethan Ethan be more scientific with it. Uh, but there you, probably just you know, defense. <laughs> I mean, that's it's totally fair. I, I wrote this one up. I wrote both of these up in my my article that's, that's dropping on Wednesday uh, with some prize picks. So this Riley Leonard number just seems off. Um, yeah, I don't know if more. they're putting, yeah, I, I don't know if they're putting a lot of stock in the way that he was Georgia Tech last week or what. Because, I mean, he was flat against Georgia Tech. But I, I think Georgia Tech, you know, uh, they're not, they, they fired Collins, right? He's, he's yeah, out he's of there for sure. I think two weeks now, I want to say. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, you've, you've got a little fire on on a team that wants to perform for their interim guy. You've got um, guys who, you know, they've got a little bit of momentum. They want to prove their spot. You know, coaching staffs usually come in at, after the interim guys in there. They kind of open up the depth chart and let everybody read battle for positions. So everybody's playing hard. Um, and that Georgia Tech defense has never been awful. Um, so no. I, I think no. it's a, a pretty – pretty decent defense at, at worst i don't think they're any they're any worse than north carolina i'd say that they're pretty true. pretty pretty better than, than north carolina at least uh from what i've seen so <laughs> Me too. it seems like a weird line um but i mean i riley leonard can get this in the first half like <laughs> i'm very legitimately possible. i i think this is a smash. Um, I think this is the line that they're using to get more people to put money on. They know you got to hit on at least two. So I think this is the, uh, the appetizer that they're trying to get people in the door with. So it's a good point. Yeah. And, and I mean, the other thing, the, the only other thing I could think of, and maybe I'm giving them too much credit, but I was like, Oh, like Jalen Calhoun may be out. And maybe that's part of why he struggled. I don't know, but but yeah, Riley Leonard seems like a lock here to do well. And and UNC's given up twenty eight plus fantasy points in four of their five FBS games so far. Yeah. So it's yeah. it's just hard to imagine him not being able to hit value here. Yeah. And I'm see, just... I'd give I give the Calhoun thing a little bit more credence if he was truly a target monster. But I mean right. he's definitely the wide receiver one. But I mean he's pulling in what probably 22 23 percent of the targets from from what i remember yeah. so yeah not anything crazy but i mean that's definitely if you're looking for a reason that i mean that's one of the only reasons i can find on why this line might be where it is so that's it's still yeah there. yep and then of course the, it's a rivalry so honestly it's like it's gonna be shoot i hope it's good for all you guys i just hope we win and 
you know, are able to outscore the points so we can come home with this W. Uh, I just want to keep the bell in Chapel Hill. I don't want to, I want to light up the, uh, the bell, you know, I want to Carolina blue at the end of the night. So that's all I can hope for. I think you're, I think you're safe there after seeing what Jalen Daniels did to Duke. That's what I was going to say. Yeah. Yeah, Cal, who came through uh, big for me against the Kansas game? That was one where I had the the right Leonard and uh, Calhoun stack, and it and it paid off for me. But with Calhoun, nice you know, hit, yeah, but it was a hit or miss. Like, it, you know, me and Ethan were discussing it, and so was Kay on that episode that Calhoun was very hit or miss. We just got – I got lucky. You know, it was one of his hit weeks. So, um, But I think right Leonard, regardless, because he's got weapons, whether he's giving it to Waters, um, there's the backup quarterback that actually catches out of the out of the backfield too. Like, there's just – I like the new coach system. I really do – like what Duke's going like, like now it's competitive. It's not going to be like it's just oh Carolina's playing Duke in football. It's a Carolina win, right? And now it's like this is actually a pretty good matchup as far as like little to no defense, but you know still pretty two good offenses. So definitely looking forward to this one as well. Yeah, Ethan, that I Kevin John tire was elite. Sorry, yeah, that, no, you're yeah, good. Like it was it was good. It makes the ACC competitive. Uh, makes me sweat more, uh, even more than that state game. So it is what it is. Let's let's. Move. Move on to Aiden Robbins before I go on another hour about the Tar Heels. So, uh, Aiden Robbins, of course, our week zero hero. Uh, you've got to go less this time, 15.5. It is Air Force, so I kind of understand, but tell me why less on Aiden Robbins. Yeah, I mean, Air Force isn't as, as tough of a matchup as they've been in the past. Um, they're above average. They're, I want to say they're around like 58th in rush defense uh, from what, what I saw this week. Um, so, they're, they're middling. Um, the big thing for me is I don't think Doug Brimfield is going to be able to go again this week. And the way that offense looked against San Jose state last week was miserable. Uh, Cameron Friel is not it. Um, I mean, I, I'm still shocked. Harrison Bailey is just as way worse than, than we <laughs> thought he was apparently. But uh, I mean, Friel went 15 for 22 153 yards. A lot of that was in garbage time after San Jose was already up by 32, 35 points. So, um, but Robbins barely got over 50 yards. He got 13 carries, 55 yards, and um, three catches for 27 yards uh, on on that one. And some of that came while Brumfield was still in the game in the first quarter. So my thought on here, I think Air Force is a step up than the San Jose State defense. And I think that with Brumfield, I am very concerned about them staying on the field. Uh, Air Force is going to be able to run the ball, be able to, uh, you know, drain the clock. It's going to be very methodical. Um, So I've I've talked Robbins up all year long. I've loved him, but, I mean, the situation's changed. So I like the less here. Um, I am actually super confident in these two plays, more so than, than usual on a given week. So, um, I've already put about half of my usual bankroll on just these two guys. So I'm, yeah. uh, I'm very excited to see how they do. You know, I'd love for Robbins to exceed my expectations here. I've got him everywhere in C2C leagues, but um, I don't think this is it this week. And, yeah, it just seems like Leonard is way too low, and it seems like Robbins is just kind of way too high. Like they're just banking on past performances. And it might just be a cut-and-paste thing where they're just moving the number up a little bit on, you know, previous uh, – know games and stuff like that we still haven't found that uh formula just yet but a lot of times they're baking off like a previous game or like maybe a game before or what their yeah. mindset is it's, it's, it's really interesting and i mean you think about 15 and a half points and you think oh that's that's not that's not anything crazy 
because we think you know 20 points is a good game so anything less than 20 points is you know average at best so but when you think about it i mean if robbins doesn't get in the end zone do we really think he's going to get anywhere near the century mark on the ground i don't and right and you know even if he gets his three catches for 20 yards or whatever that is you know that's still a hundred 100 yards or 60 yards and a touchdown that we need to see. So I yeah, I'm I'm all over that Robin's line. Yeah. I don't blame you at all. Yeah. So, so Josh, tell me about our uh it was preseason darling Bryce Ford Wheaton here. You know, he had a pretty good, you know, week 1. Been hit yeah. the stairs well. He's 15.5 fantasy scores coming up. I didn't see where you have a more or less which way did you take it this week against Baylor? Oh yeah, so I took I took the the more on this one. Sorry about that. Um, and I took the more because I'm banking on West Virginia losing this game. And in their three losses, like his numbers have been bonkers. And then of course they're skewed from the first first three weeks. But in those losses, he's getting 13.6 targets, nine receptions, 114 yards, and then four total TDs. And he's averaging 29.4 fantasy points per game. Um and so even in the Texas game, he had, I think it was like 13 targets for nine receptions and like 90 yards or something. So, I mean, I think that's probably a little bit more in line with what he would do in a game like this or in conference play. But also like Baylor's pretty bad against opposing wide receivers. They're ranked 104th in wide receiver fantasy points per game in PPR formats. Um, and they're giving up like 40.2 fantasy points per game. And in fact, I think... In every game against Power 5 opponents, they've given up 40-plus fantasy points. And so, you know, you're just divvying that up and saying, okay, what is the percentage of yards that a guy like Bryce Wheaton or even Caden Prater is going to get? And I think Bryce Wheaton at 15 and a half is um, – he'll be able to get that because um, they're just going to sling the rock around, um, especially with, uh, you know, Donaldson out. And, um, yeah, and the rest of the running backs are pretty pretty average. So that's my thinking. Josh, what was your take on the uh, Donaldson and the uh, and the eligibility thing? What was your take since it was a hot topic? I'm interested in know you fall. You like us? I mean, I, it goes and goes. Yeah, I mean, I have them everywhere, and right. so my whole thing is like, and and I had Devin Johnson years ago when I first started, right. when, when he had the tight end the eligibility. Yeah. 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 So I'm cool. I'm cool with whatever Fantrax wants to do, man. Yeah. Let Fantrax aside and uh they never exactly. take away eligibility. So but you know, in all fairness, like in leagues I commission, I'm like, man, let Fantrax aside, but also get as long as it's clearly stated beforehand of like whatever they're rostered at. Cause the other thing is like here's my thing. If you want to do that with CJ Donaldson and take that away, that's fine. But then to give Aronda Gatston his tight end designation right. because He's a tight end on the roster. Nobody's talking about that. So I, I don't know. People like are too worried about what's in front of them and what they feel like is unfair. But, you know, a guy like Gatson, then let's give him tight end designations, my point. I just wanted to point out to Chris Kane that everyone's allowed to have CJ Donaldson a tight end if they want to be concerned. They, you know, <laughs> unless he doesn't play like a tight end, it doesn't mean that he has to not be there. Plus, they change the designation. So what does it really matter? But anyway, I digress. Yeah. It's wonderful that uh, all right, yeah. We're gonna move on to bank on them. Of course, this is sponsored by DraftKings where we're picking up the lineups. Josh is a more of the cash guy. We're gonna get him more into a GPP mindset coming up here and see if we can uh, uh, help you guys win some money. What I want to show the YouTube audience and what I'm going to uh, 
tell the you know, people that are listening is that this is a Curtis Warwick make my, my friends because I think all of us actually have Curtis Warwick on the lineup, which is fantastic. So we'll just talk about Curtis Warwick and, uh, you know, if you're pairing him with the wide receiver, if you're going to do like I did it with a little bit of different running back stack instead. Uh, but some people are taking good old Sam where I cannot pronounce his last name, so I'm going to leave that to Ethan. Uh, Ethan, if you want to take a crack at that guy's last name. Yeah, I think I heard Jared call him Sam Wiggles. So uh, we're gonna we're gonna piggyback. That's on that. right. Can't be right. Can't be right. But we're gonna go with it. If it is, he said Wiggles. That's awesome. That's yeah. what I would do too. <laughs> That's what it I is. love it's it. Like, so you might as well just put another like yeah, just my, yeah, just call him Sam Wiggles. The dude's been moving out of control recently. So he's been doing good. So a lot of people are focused on that. I would put going all that saving. Yeah, I think five hundred. Just thought like he's gonna be able to do that. Western Michigan doesn't scare me as far as that one they're decent this is mac so you know out of the mac i like western michigan was probably the better defense out of it but we're still talking about the mac and so i won't make people now this is the time when you bring out all you guys you've been waiting sitting on especially cff but also dfs you can pivot from the bigger games and then focus on a lot of these mac ones so but uh, ethan was talking in the slack channel and it's like you know we've been chipped so many times with good games but they have blessed us with at least this ohio versus western michigan matchups are happy about it. Curtis Warwick's only 6,200 guys. I think he smashes over that. I can think he'd probably get almost three times instead of the way he's playing with these 30 point games, 50 point games. Ethan, what's your thought process with Curtis Warwick this week, man? So I was really hoping we'd get Toledo Kent State. That was my uh, my Mac desire for uh, this week. But I'll be honest, I didn't really look at this Ohio Western Michigan game until it was, was picked on the slate. And Curtis Rourke is way too cheap. I am going to have 80, 85% Curtis Rourke across 150 lineups this week. Like, uh, just some some stats here that I, I really like. Okay, so Ohio, they have on the season 31 explosive pass plays. Those are pass plays that have gone for more than 20 yards. For reference, Tennessee has had 24. Maryland has had 25. Uh, Alabama's had 22 um let's see who else is on this slate okay so georgia's not on the slate they've only had 27 and they're up there so 32 or uh 31 i'm sorry um explosive pass plays this year for ohio wow compare that to the defensive explosive pass rate for western michigan where they have allowed 22 explosive pass plays for uh, the defense so um I'm, I'm all over Curtis Rourke there. Um, if Western Michigan was able to throw the ball just a little bit better, I would stack the hell out of this game because mm-hmm. Ohio, even though they've, they've gotten 31 explosive pass plays, they have allowed 32 explosive pass plays on defense. So this is fully in play for a full game stack, I think. Um, if, if Western Michigan is going to be uh, throwing the ball, I don't know, is Salifex still – I'm assuming he's still their starting quarterback. I, I haven't heard anything. Um, heard the change of the guard yet. Yeah. I haven't heard anything against that. But, I mean, they, they haven't been able to throw the ball. They're 115th in the country in passing uh, this year. So, um, I am all in on, on anything I can get with this game. I think the, um, the over-under of 60 is conservative. Um, mm. I think that a lot of – a lot of these mat games, especially when they're in the middle of the week, on a short week where you, you don't get a chance to prepare, the mat games can really underwhelm, and they can they can really hit that under <laughs> with 
with uh, Gusto. Um, but on the flip side, I mean, we've seen what these MAC matchups are at their best, and they're shootouts. They're fun games, and these few teams line up incredibly well for some explosive plays on both sides of the ball. So, uh, yeah, 6,200 for Curtis Rourke. And I'm, I'm saying all of this about the explosive pass plays that they can get without even touching the fact that this dude is a machine on the ground with his legs, too. Yeah. Like, yeah. I, I could easily see him getting, you know, a 40, 50-point day and just ruining so many people's day <laughs> with this slate. Being being the uh, the late hammer in this slate with the 2.30 kickoff, man, I am, I am pumped for some Ohio, Western Michigan this weekend. E- Ethan, do you think many people are going to be on Curtis? I mean, is he going to have a high ownership, do you think? Or I do. Um, I do think he's going to have increased ownership. I feel like it's always weird. You know, we've got these these counts who are writing up uh, DFS matchups and 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 who to go after. Um, some of them are behind a paywall. Some of them aren't behind a paywall. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are there are two or three guys in particular that I am very interested to see if Curtis Rourke is in their write ups this week because. There are there are certain guys in the industry who slant ownership, um, mm-hmm. and I I think these guys are going to be on Curtis Fork this weekend. So yeah. I think that I think we'll see ownership. But the thing is, I mean, it's a main slate. I, if this were if this were a uh, a midweek matchin matchup, yeah. he'd be eighty eighty five percent owned, and it'd be miserable. Yeah. Like nobody nobody would benefit from a good game for him. Yeah, but, but you think a, what maybe twenties. Yeah, I'm thinking, you know, between probably 18 and 25, I'd be surprised if he's any more than 25% owned. Um, yeah. And with that, there's still a huge edge that you can get on, on the rest of the um, the rest of the field. Uh, the thing is, there aren't many games this weekend that are really star power um, and really it's big totals. Yeah, yeah. Um, compared to last week, and I mean, last week was a letdown, I, I think, compared to what we were expecting. Totally, with, totally. Yeah, but um, from what I saw this week, you know, we've got, I think, three or four of the 13 games on the slate are above a 60-point total. Um, Ohio-Western Michigan coming in just under that, that could be the saving grace for ownership for him. The fact that they are just right now at a, a 60 point over under if that if that uh, number grows um, and we see some of these other you know Alabama Tennessee if we see some uh, some regression of that number back uh, back towards the other way maybe we'll see uh, some ownership rise but it's it's not egregious I, I'm I'm yeah. not afraid of, of running out a lot of work this weekend yeah I think yeah it comes to it's still the casuals that don't really know about and, the key too with that the key too i think is going to be who you sack him with because the field might be on rourke but they're going to be way less confident on who's who's sammy wiggles i'm not putting him in yeah so we'll see we'll see and i think too uh, DraftKings had somebody else higher priced than than uh than sammy i think they had another receiver yeah, there's another uh, one. Like Bostic like, or yeah, or yeah, like Bostic. Bostic is is the highest price. Yeah, so, that man. Like, we could. They just don't know uh, Ohio's offense, so they just they're like guessing. So like Wiggles is going under the radar, even though look at his fantasy points per game. But yeah, he's five thousand versus Bostic, not doing as much, and he's like what six 
thousand or something like that. He's up there. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, he's got, he's got 17 and a half point target share while Bostic has 10.5% target share. So they're neck and neck in yardage. Um, mm-hmm. So it looks like Wiggles has 90 yards, Bostic or 290. Um, and then Bostic has 282. So they're, they're definitely production wise, pretty equal, but opportunity wise, go with Sammy. Yeah. yeah. Go with the cheaper yeah, price, sure. higher target guy. And then Bostic has some like crazy game at one point that was just like, I feel like he had a bonkers game that kind of skews some of those numbers. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. There, uh, I don't remember what week it was, but I remember seeing him towards the top of my waiver wire with some, uh, some pretty yeah. big production. Yeah. Uh, I want to point out uh, three out of four of us decided to go with the push on Jokins, of course, I think for 6,800. The dude's just hitting his, uh, his money's worth, if not more, every single week. So it's like ride the hot hand. And, you know, Zach Evans trying to save those legs for the NFL. I keep pushing that narrative because it's true, regardless if he's banged up or not. I really just doesn't want to get in there and, and go for like 30 something touches. That's just not Zach Evans. And, uh, dude's just trying to get the NFL. So I understand. Uh, but Jokins. Is, you know, absolutely smashing it. I don't really care that his Auburn, Auburn can't stop the run right now. So, you know, take Bigs, but, you know, he's in the fight of his life in the running back situation this week. So I think Jenkins and Evans could be playable this week as well. You guys haven't had two lists. It's just same thing. Auburn's just not the same Auburn team. Not really worried about a shutdown. And, and Jenkins is on fire. So when I'm playing, what's your thoughts there? Yeah, with with Jenkins, I'm, I'm on that train this weekend. Um, I uh, I wrote up Zach Evans in in my Prize Picks article this week because Prize Picks doesn't have a Judkins line. Um, I would have rather taken uh, taken Judkins there, but Same. we're looking at the third ranked rushing offense against the hundredth ranked uh, rushing defense with Ole Miss against Auburn. I'm not too uh, too worried there. Um, also, uh, again with the explosive plays, Auburn is towards the, the bottom of the rankings with uh, explosive plays allowed against the rush. They've allowed nine this year, while Ole Miss has only allowed two. Um, mm. And again, explosive explosive just means more than 20 yards. So um, in, gosh, six games, five games, I don't, I don't know if uh, Auburn's had that by yet, but um, about two, yard, uh, two runs for over 20 yards a game. Um, I'm hoping that, that Judkins gets one, at least one of those and we, we see him take one to the house. I think he had a 40-yarder or something last week that, that we saw. So hoping he can find the end zone again. Um, I, I'm a little bit worried that, you know, I feel like Zach Evans has seen his usage um, fluctuate a little bit. Uh, early in the season, um, he was averaging about 16 rush, uh, rushes per um per game. Now I think he's down to about 10 uh, with the emergence of Jenkins. Um, I wonder if we're going to see that bounce back up at all um, and, and fluctuate a little bit more. Judkins has been the workhorse, and I, I don't know if many assumed he'd get that role as quick as he has, but um, I, I, I definitely like him for that, that, uh, that price here. Yeah, part of that is uh, you know injury-related, too, where few weeks ago, you know, Zach was quite like, they didn't even think he was going to play, I think two weeks ago. Right. And then um, I believe it was this game that they were saying he's going to be back hundred percent healthy. So they've been intentionally limiting his touches the last two weeks. Um, so we'll see though. I mean, Quinshawn has done enough that he at least has half of that, if not more. 
um, and goal line carries because they're not going to risk Evans around the goal line. Yeah, it's also something interesting, too, to kind of uh, keep an eye on. This Ole Miss offense has kind of found its its mojo, um, especially through the air. I know Trigg's out, but yeah. uh, Malik Heath and uh, I feel like maybe Jalen Watkins had a few uh, designed, targeted, uh, uh, yeah. schemed open passes. So, you know, there's a chance that they, they try and air it out a little bit more, um, but the, the – Big advantage for them is definitely on the ground. And you got to think that Zach Evans is starting to, you know, want to stretch his legs a little bit, get a little bit more, um, a little bit more on tape for, for that draft stock, but we'll see how that goes. I think, you know, most of the time I wouldn't even say that that's a factor, but something about Lane Kiffin just strikes me as the kind of guy who, if somebody (laughs) says, Hey coach, let me, let me flash something for these scouts. I feel like Lane's going to lean into that and, uh, and feed him a little bit more. So we'll see how that goes. Yeah. Lane yeah. still for sure. But get this guy's drafted. Yeah. It does make me like, so when I was constructing my lineup, I initially had, you know, I have Quinshawn Jenkins on here. And then I went back because I had some, you know, I could go with him or Raheem Sanders and Rocket Sanders. And that was an interesting, uh, you know, exercise to do of like, who do I like? And I actually landed on, like, I think I'll end up landing on rocket Sanders, even stacking him with KJ because he's just going to have that volume where I'm like, man, like maybe Quinshawn doesn't get the, like maybe just has 11 carries again. And he's just got to be hyper efficient versus, you know, a rocket that might, you know, he's averaging like 24 touches a game or something crazy right now. Um, and they're playing BYU. And I think BYU will be able to score with them. And uh, I think that that'll be an interesting game for sure. So it, it, that was an interesting exercise to do in my head between Jenkins and Sanders, and and what do I think about that? Yeah, I was able to fit Rocket into mine. Uh, I didn't have to take the disc out and go Bangora, but I'm starting to like the Wiggles a little bit better. I might, I might, I might switch it up. There's more than these lineups with these. Just once we're kind of just putting together as far as lineups, but uh, I did like Rocket just to go against BYU. They're not going to stop Rockets. I was like, you know, who's going to stop that? going on right now. Uh, something I do want to point out while we're talking running backs is Cade decided to go with the returning Mo Ibrahim. However, he goes against Illinois, who's, I think, number one against the rush there, which is very surprising. But, hey, you know, it is what it is. But this uh, conference is known for their running. Of course, Mo's known to go, you know, most of his fancy points within, like, the first quarter when he is on available. Do you think Illinois can even stop Mo Ibrahim? Or do you think because he's coming off of an injury, he might, you know, be a little bit more slow going to come back against Illinois? What are your thoughts on Mo? I just don't like this game at all. I, I want to stay far away from it. Um, these defenses, these defenses are no joke. Uh, Minnesota is allowing 93 rushing yards per game. Illinois is allowing 67.4 rushing yards per game. Um, so you think, oh, they're just getting beat through the air. No, Minnesota has allowed 136 through the air, <laughs> and Illinois has allowed 183 through the air. These yeah. defenses are – they're fantastic. Um I think, if anything, I think we're going to see uh, Bielema load the box and say, hey, make Tanner Morgan beat us, um, which is a, a good bet. Um, I, I, yeah, I just, I don't know. I get the appeal of Mo because he's Mo and he can, he can turn it on against anybody. Um, but 
I would question Chris. I don't, you know, Chris probably isn't going to listen to this, so I can say what I want to say here. <laughs> I don't, I don't think Chris would, I don't think Chris would say that Mo Ibrahim is an NFL talent. And I, I, I don't think that a guy who's not an NFL talent is going to blow up for being worth almost $9,000 in your lineup against this Illinois defense. So I think there are better spots here. Definitely a contrarian play. Um, mm-hmm. I think uh, Andrew Katz was talking with Chris the other day about, you know, you want to target good players in bad situations for low ownership because they have the best chance of being able to overcome those odds. But find a different spot here. I'm, I'm not on I'm not on Ibrahim this week. Yeah, I really like that. I mean, look, Kay's, Kay's – amazing at gpps right and so this is one of his 150 lineups that he would throw out there i'm sure and this is but this is classic gpp written like all of this stuff and so i dare question uh chris k on this but yeah mo ibrahim seems like man that's gonna be really hard to even just hit value um and yeah i mean we're talking we need him to hit 27 points to be value three times that that salary i that's rough. Yeah. I mean, I mean, you're talking about he's going to have to hit 150 and two touchdowns, essentially, and that that just seems like that's a lot for this game. I mean, so it's against the defense, yeah, because it's Mo. So yeah, he would get in the first quarter, but a little bit different. I think his, uh, I think his process is one. This is probably the cheapest we've seen Mo from this season, other than probably what we zero when he destroyed. They all were like man, and that Achilles, right? And they just like what Achilles. I'm good to go and just took off, right? So, like, yeah, it has to be the cheapest that he's been, right? And so, I'm thinking that was coming back from an injury. I think that's why case process being the contrarian that he is at times. It's like he's looking for probably lower ownership mode than what they're usually be on a weekly basis. That's what I'm probably getting the gist of from his thinking process. Yeah, sure. and Minnesota is implied team total, they've got 21 and a half, is what we're looking at. So, you're thinking. He probably is the guy who gets the touchdowns, but yeah, yeah. Trace on Trace and Potts probably gets gets his share, especially if if they're easing him back at all from injury. And it's it's a a rough look, but I honestly, if I'm if I'm looking for low ownership, I like the passing game of Minnesota better than I like Mo Ibrahim this week, which is wild mm. to say. Yeah, but, yeah. Yeah. And I mean, Tanner Morgan's super cheap. He'll probably get some uh, some rushing equity. That's another thing with Mo too. Like Tanner Morgan is known to uh, to be a, a goal line vulture every now and then too. So, yes. so we're talking about a guy that we all decided to choose. And that is Mr. Cam- Camper. A nice surprise there out of Indiana. Josh, I'm going to let you take the ranks here. What do you like Camper against uh, Maryland this week against? Tom- yeah. Indiana. Yeah, I mean Maryland one is just so bad on D, and the, you know they they stopped a they slowed down a a, a hampered Charlie Jones last week, but that's about the best they're gonna do. And Kim Camper, I mean he's you know he was sick last week, and that played into some of his struggles. But I'm expecting him to bounce back. And 5800 is just way too cheap for a guy that can totally crush value. Um, in this in this spot and Maryland's going to score points and you know I use you know Indiana's going to have to try to match them so I like Cam Camper a lot in this situation um, again to at least hit value if not if not crush it yeah I'm very big on Camper 
uh, just seeing how Indiana fought against Western Kentucky, which is another explosive offense type thing. So just kind of tell them. Also, Camper coming from week where he played Michigan. So a lot of people were, were you know, they might be off on him because they came from a guy like five fantasy points. So I'm kind of taking the same thought process as K is like, hey, and it seems like you guys are the same narrative. One, he's cheap price. So I think he hits his toe easily and we get, you know, double on what work there. Two, some people might be sleeping on because he's coming up against Michigan. Three, he's, you know, he was little sick this week, so we might see a full progression. So either you on the same boat. That's why he took him. Or you got any other thoughts there? Uh, I went camper mainly for the uh, the stack. Um, yeah. I think this this Maryland uh, Indiana game is probably has just as good a chance as any to uh, be a shootout this week. Um, we've got a ten and a half point spread in favor of Maryland. Uh, Maryland's team total of thirty five. Indiana uh, twenty four and a half. Um, if we know one thing through six weeks of college football, it's that Indiana cannot run the football. They're 129th yeah. in the league in rushing. Uh, 61.2 yards per game is what they're they're averaging uh, on the ground. Um, I think that they're going to struggle against Maryland. If I'm if I'm honest here, I think Maryland is up by 24 going into halftime, and I think Indiana is getting garbage time uh, gold for for Camper. Um, and I mean that's honestly what I want. If I'm if I'm not stacking this game with doing a full game stack, if I'm just doing you know uh, Talia and one of his receivers and then running it back with Indiana, I want garbage time because Camper is the target magnet. Um, so if if they're playing off coverage, he's going to take you know that nine yard gain and be cool with it, and he's going to get twelve of those in the last eleven minutes of the game, like. That's the kind of upside that Camper has. Um, he can really move you up the board late in the slate, I think. So I like I like Camper there. Um, I do, you know, anytime – it was just an illness. It wasn't anything else that, that was keeping him out, allegedly. So um, I do want to, you know, make sure he's he's good to go. His status is, is clear. Um, but, you know, 5,800, I, I believe we're looking at here for Camper. Um, yeah. And averaging f- 15 targets a game is – He's nuts. <laughs> right. He's yeah, not particularly totally. efficient, but he's he's gonna get you those those uh those catches. Yeah. And I, I do see where you did the run back there and you added it with Jared in the in the Tolia stack there. So I really like that entire that entire game. You can almost probably make a full game stack if you really want to push that narrative as well as far as yeah. one of the uh, lineups that you throw in there that would probably one that could possibly hit along with the uh, the uh, Ohio and I don't know if you really West Michigan, the one I'm really comfortable with, I think I've been it proves, but now that I hear about the, the quarterback, I might reevaluate that. But still, for the, you know, highest defense, not the greatest either, right? So, you know, looking at the max, so if the guy that gets open the most is Crimson, you know, they just need to serve some quarterback. I can just get in someone that's one on one matchup and Crimson, the guy that can pull it down. So it's like, I'm not, I'm not opposed to it, but, you know, 6,600, there might be some better. Out. And honestly, Honestly, when you're targeting teams that have so that like their defense gives up the explosive play more than you know the methodical play, I'd rather just have a single wide receiver to run it back with as opposed to the the quarterback because you know it's just going to be it's likely going to be a high variance day um, where not necessarily the guy who's getting the most targets is going to come up with most points. It's going to be whoever gets lucky and breaks a breaks a tackle. I I like Crimson. 
Um, and I think that that's a, a better bet just banking on one of those receivers than, uh, than trying to get the full game stack there. Yeah. Yeah. I think it was a chance for uh, Jones as well. Not feeling the McCain one just yet. Uh, I'll let you be the comfortable one with McCain there. Uh, you know, even though hey, man. Is, it's just as I'm, I'm not comfortable. Not comfortable with any Maryland receiver, to be honest. It's it's not a knock on them. I know I know Chris would take that and run with it as a knock on them. I think all all four of those guys, and even uh, Deitches, their tight end is yeah. You know they they're they're spreading the ball extremely well. Um, it's just guessing who's going to get the the touchdowns against Indiana. Didn't they have another tight end go off this week too? Like CJ something. I was like, what the heck is going on? I think so. I know Deitches had like a 68 yard bomb in the third quarter that just like gutted me. I was like, oh man, not again. Yeah. Which is crazy. I think I just was looking on Fantrix and just showed that he was targeted a bit more versus the other one. So it's like, maybe I'm I'm maybe looking more into it, but it seems like he's the first look uh, for Tyler. So I'm I'm kind of going with that if I had to stack for me. I just wanted to do the run back for him as well. I went with, yeah. We all remember this thing, the last name of Bean. You know, he was the guy at Kansas last year before Cameron Daniels came on board. He was actually really good. He's probably one of the best QB2s that they've probably seen in the entire country when it comes to it. I think he, he's right on up there with guys like, you know, as far as getting stuff done, like a card or someone that's very easily able to understand the game and get it done. He was beat out by Jalen Daniels. I'm going with a Nick and Bean here. No, there's no bow next this. That's an ongoing joke, Josh. That uh, you know, <laughs> Bo's playing, he's playing, and he's playing by himself, no stack. So, yeah, we call him Nick and he said it gets too hot sometimes. So, he, he, he I'm sure, I'm sure you guys got great naked Bo stories with Chris on. So, oh, yeah, we're talking about naked Bo. This time, we're talking Mr. Insider himself. Yes, Mr. Insider. So, I'm going with this stack of being. But I do like what you guys going on. I think both of you decided to go with, uh, I know Caleb McClain. And I believe that, uh, 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 I think it was just him that went Quinn, right? So went Quinn. But he went Will Mallory. I didn't know this, that Virginia Tech is taking on Miami. So the battle of, uh, of Josh's team versus the alma mater of Mr. Chris K there. He went Mallory. What's your, what's your thoughts on our Mallory against Virginia Tech? I think Titans do pretty good against uh, Virginia Tech. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, they definitely featured him this last game. And, um, you know, come out of the bye week and, you know, they spread things out. They change things up in the offense from Miami. You know, I, Will Mallory is just so inconsistent. That would be my only concern. Um, but I get it. Like, if you're going for a guy that, like, lower ownership percentage versus, like, so a, a shoemaker here or, uh, you know, or Jatavian Sanders who are around the same price, um, then I, I, I get it for sure. Um, but I would love if Mallory just went off, but we'll see. <laughs> he screws cool. me every time I play him in, in fantasy, so in yeah. DFS at least. Yeah. Uh, uh, long, uh, I think we draft last year, he really just sat my bench the entire year. I think it was pretty banged up last year, though. I was really looking for some Isaiah Skinner, but I'm not going to lie. And I just, we haven't seen Skinner yet. He's probably like a year or so away from kind of being that big guy there. Uh, uh, well, Elijah Arroyo is out for the year, so Skinner's going to start playing more. more. Yeah, uh, so we'll see more Skinner coming up. Here, my tank this job. He's really good at that. I am Jimmy Caramia. You know, I a lot of tape on that kid. He's really, really good. Uh, also, yeah, you good. Uh, just getting Sanders there. Another tight end, but, you know, they, they registered wide receiver on DK. Uh, you like in the matchup. I think Sanders is being uh, very much looked at. I think this would probably be one of the better stacks I would like between yours and Sanders versus, say, yours and maybe even Xavier Worthy, especially for 
cheaper one. Uh, it's the same thing uh, for you, Josh. It's just cheap ownership, and or you know, you're just like in the just the protection that's coming out of Texas there. Yeah, for sure. I mean, J- Jatavian Sanders, especially with Quinn Ewers at quarterback. I mean, that guy just loves him. He's like basically the uh, Wes and I were talking about this on our on our live stream. He's basically the de facto number two target in that offense. I mean, as far as like they really they scheme him up and design plays for him, um, both on like some screen, like short screens, um, but then also like in the red zone. I mean, if you remember that Bama game where there's a couple should have been pass interference calls in the end zone where they were going to at Jatavian. I mean, he's a former five star. And then you've seen what he's done in the last couple of weeks. I don't got to rehash that, but I really like him. I mean, I just think he's like way underpriced for the role that he has in an explosive offense. And I would love to stack him with Quinn. Um, I just, there's so much salary left over this week because I think there's so much value at quarterback that I was like, man, should I go Quinn or the dual threat in KJ Jefferson that just, you know, shits out, you know, 28 points a game when he's playing. So, sorry. Should should edit that out, but, you know. Not at all. (laughs) (laughs) That that Arkansas-BYU game is going to be really interesting. I – I really like it as another option for a, for a game stack if you're looking at, at those guys. I know yeah. I've got uh, Puka Puka Nisua as the, an option there for me. He's too cheap. Um, he I think is the guy that they want to get the ball in his hands any given Saturday. Yeah, it sounds like he's fully healthy. I believe he played against Utah State and was fine. Um, we have also seen. Uh, his uh, his replacement, Chase Roberts, was usually uh, the guy who was filling in for him. Filled in very nicely, uh, was was really doing a great job. He's out. He's injured now. So, um, you know, that role with, you know, the jet sweeps and the manufactured touches seems to be entirely Puka's now. Um, we also saw, uh, uh, oh, gosh, Miles Davis, the running back, uh, the fresh uh, – uh, he's not a freshman. He's a senior, I think. Uh, but he's kind of an unknown running back that, that came out of nowhere uh, beating out, uh, you know, or looking better than Christopher Brooks and uh, uh, Katoa, I think is the, uh, the other guy. Yeah. Um, Lopini. That we got over there. Lopini. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> so uh, we we're, we're really looking for something from BYU to be able to move the ball. And I think Puka is going to be the guy that they lean on pretty heavily. I don't know the status or the health of Arkansas's uh, secondary. Um, but I know they've been banged up and I know that, that teams have been able to take advantage of them. So, yeah, uh, I really like that. And I think, you know, Jaron Hall is a great option this week as well. Mm-hmm. Um, that, and, and BYU's defense has really been subpar compared, compared to what we're used to. I know Bo lit them up uh, a few weeks ago. So you'd think KJ Jefferson is probably going to have some similar success. Um, I don't know if, if they've learned from their mistakes at BYU yet, or if they have the, you know, they may, they may have learned from their mistakes, but just don't have the talent to, uh, to keep up with these guys. So. Yeah. yeah. I'm taking, you both went with Braylon Allen, of course, back on the Allen train. It seems like he's, you know, he's trying to get back to where he was. I don't know. This is a perfect game for Michigan State. is hot garbage this year, boys. So uh, I can see what you took him. Uh, 8,200 is probably a little cheaper than what we've seen in this month. So I think, you know, compared to what he usually gets compared to what he's usually priced, it usually be one where it's not, maybe not worth it. He even took a step at Raylan quite a few 
times, um, hoping you know that it goes well. I think this is probably the get right when you think you. I'm not as confident in Braylon Allen as uh, as I wish I was. Um, yeah. I like him. I like him, but I think he carries a good amount of risk. Uh, last week, um, you know, he, he had a decent performance. He got a little banged up, um, and uh, Chez Malusi came in and, and uh, had a little bit more usage than usual. Malusi's out. He, um, yeah. he injured, I think, his wrist. So he's out. So the, Allen's got that going for him. So that's, that's yeah. a, a check in the plus column there. Um, what I'm worried about is that uh, Graham Mertz came alive last week with <laughs> Chimere DK. Uh, three touchdowns for DK. And, I mean, it, it is incredibly frustrating when you have Allen and you see Graham Mertz suddenly go off and throw yeah. four touchdowns. Um <laughs> I mean, I don't think that's going to be Jim Leonard's game plan for, for this season. But no. what they've got going for them is this Michigan State pass defense is uh, – Brandon, you said it. They're garbage. Um, they are 115th in the nation, allowing 292 yards per game through the air. Um, they're not that much better against the rush. Um, they are 105th in the nation, allowing 107.7 yards per game. So they're mm-hmm. – I mean, they're, they're, they're not great. Uh, by any stretch, um, equal opportunists, both on uh, yeah. r- rush running and, and for throwing. sure, <laughs> for sure. Both, this offense, though, should be able to move the ball, and that's why I like Allen um, is because I'm banking on the fact that now that Malusi's not there, when they get into the the red zone, when they get inside the the ten, inside the five, that ball's going to Allen. That ball's not going to be um, be spread out. So. Michigan State, let them do whatever they want, but tackle them before they get in the end zone when they go through the air. That's all I'm asking here is I I think they'll be able to get quite a few red zone opportunities, uh, and I think that's where Allen makes up the difference. I'm hoping on some positive touch down variants. Yeah, for sure. I want to touch all Josh gives us a little finally There's finally some life there. I'm glad to see you. Nate said on one of the podcasts, it was looking really sus there for a little bit. I was almost going to be just putting him on the bench until further notice. But if, if you have that, you don't have to put him on the bench. And when he's to the starting lineup, he's doing well. Playing Tennessee, is that a factor there? Or was it just because he's 79? I mean, it was a good deal. Or just try to like, talk on this play. What was your thoughts here with, uh, with Gibbs? Yeah. I mean, I think part of it is that I think he's the engine of that offense at, at this point. I mean, I think they're lacking. Um, well, I, even if Bryce Young plays, I mean, they don't have that like dynamic wide receiver one right now. At least they haven't stepped up yet. So I think Jameer Gibbs is, you know, a, just even a lot out of the backfield. He wins. I like guys that win uh, multiple ways. So he, he can win running the ball, but he's winning a lot just catching screens out of the backfield or running routes out of the backfield. Um, so I just think his explosive nature, and this, this is going to be a game where points are going to be put up and I think Gibbs over the last couple of weeks he's been the guy I mean you know he didn't hit value last week but that was really just because he didn't get the touchdowns um because <laughs> yeah Jalen Milrow is just not it um uh, so you know I I think with I'm pretty sure Bryce Young will be back this week and um I think that'll open up things for Gibbs and Gibbs a bit more I think we'll see more of the Arkansas Gibbs uh than 
than we did the the A and M. Even though at A and M he wasn't bad, he just didn't get the touchdowns. Yeah. Just wanted to ask you because I mean, obviously, what do you think? Miller was just not a good fit in that offensive system. Do you think it's just a bad pairing of really high star quarterback, but his traits and stuff like that isn't you know a Bryce type situation? So I feel like that offense it doesn't reflect Miller very well. That means it's the same thing. Yeah, I mean, I think he's ta- I mean, he's super talented, obviously, and like I mean, the the guy's a dynamic runner. I think he's a decent passer. I just don't think. You're not open up the full playbook that Alabama is typically running with Bryce Young. I mean, you're 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 changing everything around essentially. So, yeah, I mean, if they had a whole offseason to um to build something around them, I mean, I think it could be good. But I mean, you're talking about these guys. I mean, you know, uh, Saban's got a system he wants to run in that offense, and I don't, you know, Milrow and what he does best is not really what. Um, I mean, it takes it back to, man, I'm trying to think of the quarterback they had that was a primary runner like seven or eight years ago. Um, number uh, six. Probably. Uh, uh, shoot. Let me see. I have to go back. Yeah, this is bad. Anyways, right bad pot yeah. in here. But anyways, it, it's not – he wants a guy that can throw the ball. Uh, you know, Talia, you know, those type of guys. So, yeah, not Talia. Tua. <laughs> <laughs> but Tali, because Ty Simpson, the, the freshman, he's actually that type of passing guy. He's going past the rush. I mean, he's considered dual. But Ty Simpson's very much a pocket passer. I'm just surprised they didn't go with Simpson. Ethan, what's your thoughts on Alabama quickly before we move on? Yeah, I think this is this is the week where we find out is Alabama really in trouble. Um, the pass defense for Tennessee is miserable. Uh, they're averaging over 300 yards a game allowed, and they have not faced a team with the weapons that Alabama has. Um, you know, I I wonder how much Saban's going to let Bryce go. Um, I assume Bryce is healthy. Uh, I haven't heard for sure that he's back in. Um, if he's not, this game gets a whole lot more interesting and a whole lot more dicey for for the Tide. Yeah. Um, Gibbs is great because you know he's going to get the passing uh, usage as well. Um, it's it's a great spot for him, um, but you know it's it's the kind of week where I think you know a Jacory Brooks or a, uh, a, a Jermaine Burton, even super. I think J, uh, JoJo Earl is only like thirty two hundred or something like that. Yeah. Something something weird might happen. We might see a guy emerge this week. Isaiah Bond um, maybe. Oh yeah, you know, we're we're in some some good territory for for that that wide receiver room that really needs a win, um, and they really need a, a confidence boosting day. Um, I'm curious how Heupel's offense is going to be able to move the ball. Um, you know, coming into this season, we thought Alabama was going to be uh, impenetrable. Uh, we thought this was yeah. going to be one of Saban's best teams. The defense yardage wise has lived up to the billing i mean they um there's uh gosh uh i just lost it here second in the no they're they're eighth in the nation in uh passing defense and they're sixth in the nation in rush defense so they're they're top 10 in both categories they're you know they're stout um but i'm you know i'm i'm it's hard it's hard because i want to be able to say I think Tennessee is going to be able to keep up with them and, and challenge them for the win here. But 
this is very easily one of those spots that we see every year where Alabama gets right and they say, hey, we are we are who we are um, and, and really comes through clutch. So, um, yeah, it should be exciting. I personally would probably be taking the under in this game. Um, it looks like we have a 66 and a half point uh, over under right now. Um, so it'll be interesting. I would take I would take Bama um, Bama in the points, and I would also take the under. Yeah, yeah. This just seems like I mean, uh, man, our boy Hypo man. He's he's just take he's great at taking advantage of defenses that just aren't very good. But if he comes up against a team that can get a pass rush going and make it really and and Hooker too. I mean, Hooker's he's good, but like he's got his flaws. And it feels like, yeah, this Bama defense has the assets to to make this a difficult game because you're not going to just yeah. blow past, you know. I'll put it this way, too. It's like hypo, in my opinion, and I could definitely be wrong. I'm not certainly not a genius, but he's not Lane Kiffin. Where Lane Kiffin seems to be able to scheme up, a, you know, a game plan against Alabama. I don't see hypo. I mean, Hypo does a few things and a few things only in that offense. So. Absolutely. He's, he's great and he will beat inferior coaches. Yeah. He, I mean, his scheme, he has got a system and he knows how to use it. He'll scheme guys open. He's not going to alter his scheme against, against a, 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 a in a game like this. Um, and I think the, I mean, obviously you've got Saban, you've got that experienced Alabama coaching staff. You've got to give the edge to them uh, when it comes to coaching. And I think Heifel's going to have, you know, a rough day. And if he's able to make those adjustments halfway through the game and we're able to see something a little bit different, awesome. We're, we'll see a shootout and maybe they'll knock off Bama, but I, I, I can't bring myself to pick Tennessee this week. Yeah, I'm with you. So, Josh, since we have you, I know you like to uh, hop over there, Mr. West, and just talk about some games in there. What's some of the games that you're looking forward to this week and some that you check on the lines in there that you're a fan of the Super Bowl? Yeah. Um, you know, I haven't honestly I haven't checked a lot of lines yet okay. other than just ones that are just scheming up DFS yeah. lineups and projections and stuff like that. Um, so I don't think I have anything off the top of my dome. I'll just be giving bad advice if I, uh, if I try to just make something up. So, uh, before we do with this, uh, you know, can you tell them, you know, what times that you're on and, you know, where people can find you and things like that? A little bit more about fancy points. Yeah. So, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So we do a live stream right now. It's at, uh, man, I'm on central time. So everything's in my head in central. So six, 6 p.m. Eastern time on Friday nights. Um, try to give people a chance to watch that if they want live, but then also give them a chance to, you know, listen to it back um, if they don't have time on a Friday night and they're <laughs> doing something else like normal people do on Friday nights. They can listen on on Saturday morning. So, yeah, that's a big thing. And then, yeah, just our regular articles uh, that we have, which are we cover most, you know, most DFS slates, um, especially with Maxion coming up. We're gonna be covering that. And then sorry. weekly rankings and, and and stuff like that. So and waiver wire stuff. Is there any? Uh, I know you know we mainly cover GPP. Here we do some cash, but these guys got me one the GPP this year. So as a guy that yeah, also where I came from, what's probably not let's say just a few tips that you'd have for people that are doing. Cash 
guys, especially when you're doing doubles and things like that. Yeah, I mean, I think for me, it's like you're looking for the guys that are the guys are going to hit value, right? The safer guys, worried less about ownership percentage um, than just going, okay, like Raheem Sanders is going to, you know, he's probably going to hit value against BYU at 6,500. So, you know, I feel less, you know, I don't, this is probably not the case fully, but I feel like there's a little bit less strategy um, than, than you geniuses that are doing GPP stuff and working through ownership and game stacks. And certainly that that's part of it, but you know, you're just going, Hey, how do I beat 50% of these people? Um, and it feels a little bit more like, you know, a typical CFF week than, um, than trying to find the Alabama wide receiver. That's going to break the slate um, you know, against Tennessee. <laughs> yeah. So uh, so, you know, you cry, cry a little bit less to sleep at night when you're like, oh, like I didn't have Sam Wiggles. And so I'm screwed and I, can, I can't do anything. But that would be hard. Breaking through, but yeah, for sure. Um, you know, like I said, having your bankroll, like we talked about with soccer, cash games, you know, for, for most of us now, it's just, you know, we don't have the time to go through all of the discipline in there. So a lot of people just go straight for cheap for the bigger hit and stuff like that. So I do get where people were coming from. But for me, you know, and Josh as well, like come from, you know, the system where just get your double plus that we have an incoming bankroll and then you can use that for GPP play or have it as exactly. And you can use it for whatever else you want to yeah, unfortunately, they, they've been having less, I don't know if you've noticed yeah. this, but less double ups this year and stuff like that. And so it's pretty like, much. it's almost like you, you like maximize, you max out your bankroll pretty quick, quickly yeah. if you're just doing, doing yeah. cash stuff. Yeah. But, you know, it is what it is. For sure. And that's something that, uh, you know, me and you, Chris have been talking about is where, you know, even if there's not as many, just focus on like the single entries or the showdowns or the afternoon or even the late night games where a lot of people like a lot of the casuals are not playing this late but more people that either know the team or you have those like us that are sharks that'll just look for the opportunity and get in there when there's like 200 people you know you're gonna get top 10 because you have just a bag of lineups it's just like you know I don't speaking know. of we've got a great opportunity tomorrow with uh marshall in louisiana i think a lot of a lot of uh bad lineups are going to be in there with uh too many quarterbacks too many wide receivers and a game mm. that's going to be Super reliable. Yeah. Yeah, I haven't I haven't heard officially if he's back, but I know he's he's definitely been back in practice for the past few weeks. So wait, Rashid Ali. Be interesting. Yeah, he's supposed to be at least starting. Wow, I hadn't heard that. He's also a thousand dollars stone minimum on uh, the down so, slate. So if they don't fix that, then uh, just if if he if he plays, I mean, we could be a week early. In, in this, and right. he, he may not be back. I'm definitely going to check and see their schedule, see if they've got a bye week next week, because that may impact if they sure. play him against Louisiana. But, I mean, it sounds like he's he's doing everything uh, in practice, doing all the right things. So Wow. Remember the, remember last year when we got uh, Rasheen Ali at 3K the first week of the year? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I was like, man, this is, this is where, like, you know – before there's all the stats in it and you just have the off season content, you're like, yeah, Rashid Ali's a good deal. So hopefully he can ride, you know, we can ride him to more value tomorrow night at one K have a read. The only thing is you, you want, you want those guys in those lineups where there are a bunch of guys you want to jam in. 
Like, I don't really want to do anything with the extra salary tomorrow. I want to, <laughs> yeah, I want to, you know, put a, a 1k in at, at, at captain, and then you're like, man, what do I do with the rest? It's like it's like Quinn Ewers this week. If it's like you yeah. Quinn Ewers and Curtis Rourke, you're like, I got so I much cash here, and I don't know what to do. <laughs> like, because I don't want to go Mo Ibrahim. Yeah. <laughs> 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 <laughs>